The word maximize, make as large or great as possible or to make the best use of. Maybe you're feeling stuck, possibly needing a new direction or just need a little motivation to move the needle in your life to get you to the next level and to make the most of your relationships, business, success, and life itself. Well, that's you. Buckle up, strap in, and get ready. The Wolf and the Captain are about to maximize you. Hey, Maximize You here. It's the Wolf and the Captain. Hey, how you doing? How's the podcast world doing today? Man, it's going super fantastic, my friend. Great, and it's getting better every minute, right? Every single minute. As the seconds tick by, it's just getting better and better. It's like a fine wine, baby. Awesome. We come to you tonight, folks. We're talking about money. Money, money, money. That's right. And, And what specifically about money? Well... As you know, Scott, one of my passions is the fact of, you know, helping teach the next generation those few things that, man, I wish I'd have known when I was 17. That was a long time ago for it you. It was a long time ago. Wow. Man, it was. Jeez. I really, really like to know more about relationships, how to craft them and mold them. And yes. I'd like to have known a lot more about money. Yeah. Because I feel I'd be in a better financial spot right now because I didn't really get that foundation. You know, yeah, we know the pluses and minuses. It goes in the checking account and out the checking account, but... How to manage those dollars as they're coming in. You mean to really tell me... I wish that I had more instruction on that. Man, you mean to tell me it's not just a matter of you make money, you spend it, and then you make some more of it? I mean, it's, there's more to it than that? That's a starting point, of course. But sure. But yeah, there is. How do, you, how do you make that money grow? Yeah. So a couple a couple of episodes ago, we, we, we sort of interviewed each other. One of the questions we asked is, you know, what, 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 what did you wish that you knew different back then? Mm-hmm. Back in the day. So let's, you know, and I'm going to really kind of toss this to you for the most of this episode, Wolf. I mean, it's, you know, what what do you wish that you knew differently about money then that would have possibly improved, maybe improved where you're at now? You're, you're in not a bad place at all by any means. But what do you wish that you knew about money back in the day that would have had an impact on you today, 100 years later, since you were 17? <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest part, and as I'm thinking about this, when you ask that question, it comes down to two things. You know, number one, kind of how does money work, and then number two, communicating what my beliefs and thoughts are about money to my spouse. Because okay. I will say, early on in our marriage, Julie and I were on two different pages when it came to money. Sure. And I'm not to say that she was way out of the box and I was the super conservative and she was a big spender. No, that didn't. It wasn't like that. But I do find that she was probably a little more of a risk taker early on. You know, whereas I was wanting to save a little bit more. More conservative, sure. You're right. And I think that had I been able to, you know, again, know about money and being able to relate the ideas to her that hey, let's be very careful with the dollars that come in the door. And as I've learned, you know, I had a small business at one time that we ended up selling and kind of moving on from, the managing of the overhead of that business is no different than managing the overhead in your household. Really? Yeah, that's true. Tell, you know, t- tell me a little more about that. Because well, I, I found that myself where I've said, you know, and have my own experience of managing a business budget, mm-hmm. it seems to me one day it just sort of dawned on me, maybe I should operate myself a little bit more like a business, but flesh that idea out for us. Correct. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I told Julie here more recently in the you know recent years is, man, we need to run a household like it is our business. You know, look at all the numbers we have and what do we need to do to get by 
with the minimal amount of overhead as possible? You know, do we need the extra 250 channels on cable? Do Ooh, we yeah. need, you know, this extra subscription membership to this? Do we need, you know, that much, you know, life insurance or car insurance or whatever it is? Can we raise deductibles? Can we play with those numbers to kind of keep a little more money in our pocket that allows us to save a little bit of money? Sure. You know, because a penny saved is a penny earned. Yeah. And, you know, if we're going back to a lot of our readings, you know, uh, George Clayson, the uh, richest man in Babylon, you know, yes. yep. save 10% to let that 10% multiply. I mean, even yeah. if it's multiplying at 1% or 2% in a good savings or money market account these days, sure. at least it's multiplying. Yeah, that's that's you one know? of those principles <laughs> that pay yourself first. Correct. 10%. And, that, yeah. and actually, that would probably be my top one is pay myself first. Get in the habit early of paying myself at least the first 10%. Sure. And then living off of, in that case, you look at 90, but now I've come to learn I really want, and my goal now is to live off of 70% and have a 30% cushion. But in that 30%, I can segment it. You know, there are things that I want to do to develop myself because ultimately, even when it comes to money, I have to be better either in my craft or my skill or learn a new skill to be able to increase my income. Right. You know, as we've talked before, I've found in my life that I always had the work ethic. You know, I had the skill. I could learn what I needed to learn if I didn't know it. But I had to be in the right vehicle, in the right place to really exponentially increase my income. In the restaurant business for 20 years, did well, raised two kids, was proud of what I did, but I never reached the numbers and the level of income that I wanted to reach until I got out into sales. And then even in the sales field, it took me about, you know, eight or 10 years to really get to the level I wanted because I found the right company in the right industry, you know, that gave me the potential to, you know, continue to earn, you know, renewal money. Sure. Money that's, you know, mailbox money comes in every single month. Whether yep. you do anything Residual income. That's sure. That's correct. You know, and that's another strategy going back to yeah. money too. Which is why a lot of people either, they'll either get into insurance as sales because of that residual, as long as somebody pays that premium, mm -hmm. depending on the structure and how that, how that contract is set up, you're going to possibly get a percentage of that. Or it's also why people get into network marketing companies because every, every time, and, and the network marketing companies really don't, really don't put it in terms of this is actually a commission. It's, it, you know, they'll, they'll strictly use terminology. Seems like, I could be wrong. Seems like though the ones that I've looked at, they always just really focus on quote residual income, but exactly how does that work? It's every time somebody buys the product, they get a, they get a percentage, which is a, commission mm -hmm. and it's it's also the power of compounding you know the more people mm -hmm. the more people that are that are in your that are buying customers you know etc there's another concept there in, in terms of the business there there is this idea of a budget and i hear a lot of folks um you know talk about you got you know the dave ramsey's and some of the others they give good good input on budgeting but there's also the idea of cash flow because yeah. you can have x amount of money that comes in a month but you know, you might say my, my budget for my living expenses per month is, you know, $5,000. But those bills come in typically at different times of the month. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to structure yourself to know where your cash flow is. Because, And I learned this from when I worked in the, the world of nonprofit, uh, back when I worked for the Scouts. Because I remember member times where my uh, our CEO, our, our director, would say, you know, we don't have money in the bank for this. And, you're, and you, look, you look at a budget and you go, 
Well, this budget shows, nope, it's called the cash flow because especially in the nonprofit world, you have donations that come in. Well, Mm -hmm. even though your budget calls for this, if you don't have the cash flow and the donations or whatever stream of income, investment income, donations, uh, merchandise sales, whatever the case is, if if that cash flow isn't there, you're not going to pay that bill even though it's budgeted. Correct. So I've, I've learned that. And I finally got to the point where I'm where I consider myself Catherine Incorporated, where where I'm where I I came to that the same thing as you. I came to that conclusion one day that said I need to operate just like a business does, mm-hmm. and I have to be able to show, you know, either either a zero um, a zero result like just even it out from income to expenses or better scenario, just like richest man in Babylon. Pay yourself first, or or if you're a tither um, in the church world, make sure you have enough for whatever don't you know ten percent or whatever level you give in your church, and then learn to learn to live off of the rest. So we'll say, but like you said, seventy percent I think allows for all of that, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I just finally came to the point where I said I've got to operate like a business, and but re- not just with the budget, but also with the cash flow because oh, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. And along those lines, a couple of little strategies that I've learned over the time over time is number one, change that word budget. People don't like that B word. Yeah, they don't. But let's make it a spending plan. Okay. Oh, that's very. Where'd you hear that? I've got money. Mm, I'm not sure. It was some uh, financial guy out there working a system, but. That's good I'm stuff. not sure if uh, where exactly I heard it now that I'm thinking back to it, but spending plan. So again, like we trying to plan to reach a goal or hit an amount of income in a year, we plan to spend our monies. Okay. It, yeah. Now I will say this, uh, Dave Ramsey, you know, I love his budgeting ideas and his spending plan ideas. If you don't tell your money where to go, it's just going to disappear. Sure. So he says, give every dollar a name. Interesting. Yeah. So he even talks about from the standpoint of uh, take. Christmas, right? Now, we know Christmas comes every year, don't we? It's always in December, isn't it? Always in December. Right. On the 25th, I think. That's correct. Yes. And, and we know we're going to buy some presents for folks, don't we? That's Usually. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, if I can look back and say, well, last year we spent, let's say, $1,000 on gifts. Huh. Well, now I can come back and over $1,000 over 11 months, right. X number of dollars a month, I'm saving into a space, an account, or sure. wherever it is. Yep. That now, come November, I got money to spend. I don't have to be looking for it. I don't have to put it on a credit card, and then right. it ends up dragging out for six months or another or, year. Or longer. And I'm paying interest on it. We'll talk about that. It's another little part of uh, the money talk. But I think that is a critical piece, is let's plan out even the big expenses throughout the year. You know, you know you're probably going on vacation once a year, maybe. You know, maybe small, doesn't, you know, might be a big one. You never know. If whatever those dollars are, boom. You know, I've seen in my life here more recently, you're probably to really go out and enjoy myself from hotel, travel, um, expenses while we're there. You know, you always buy some extra stuff you probably may not need, but you're probably looking about $3,000 all total. You know, you can get by on less and do less, but I'm just saying, so $3,000 now. How much does that break down over the course of a year? Sure. And I'm saving that money put in away. Well, one of your one of your famous quotes that, that actually rubbed off on me over the years is not saying I can't afford that. It's saying how can I afford it? And I think a lot of times we think of vacations. For instance, my son and I were talking earlier about taking a trip this summer. And I asked him, where would you like to go? And, he, you know, if we, you know, something somewhere where we could just take a day drive to get there and then just enjoy maybe a couple of days. And he said, well, is San, San Antonio a long way? I said, it's only about six hours, but, you know, there's so much to do. San Antonio is one of my favorite cities, and he enjoys it, too. I said, that's doable. 
and you started thinking about all the expenses because it's not a cheap city to go visit by any means. It's a beautiful city. There's a lot to do, but none of that's inex- none of it's inexpensive. So you start thinking to yourself, okay, it would be easy to say, man, I just don't know if we can't if we can do it. Maybe we can't do that. Mm-hmm. But then you, you you shift your thinking a little bit to how can I do it? So maybe what I can do is over the next couple of paychecks, mm-hmm. you know, and and maybe maybe a little bit out of savings, but over the next couple of paychecks between now and when we want to go. How much do I, can I set aside? And, and when you talk about vacations, a lot of the vacations that you can organize either through a travel agency or through a program, you can finance those vacations now by putting money into an account like a Disney vacation, for instance, or right. a cruise. You know, mm-hmm. th- you know, they would sure, I'm sure they'd be pleased as punch for you to write that check to them and pay it all up front. But they'll allow you an account to pay for it over time. That's correct. So, right. so it then becomes affordable for you to have a vacation mm-hmm that you want to take yourself or your family on mm-hmm. and it's it's in your grasp if you're disciplined enough of course to set the money aside mm-hmm. to be able to make that happen so i'd like that idea of and you use christmas specifically and i know a couple of folks not a lot though but a couple of folks who have used that idea where they'll say they'll they'll either set money aside maybe in a christmas club account which many banks Thank have right. i don't think it's an interest bearing account by any <laughs> means but it's definitely there so that you can set money aside mm-hmm. for christmas uh, or they'll just buy the presents out over the course of a year and there you go. stash them somewhere. I'm not sure where they where they hide it out where these kids because kids are getting anything. That's right. That's you know uh, I know I do or did uh, do so. <laughs> kid at heart, but I mean there there are so many ways to be able to get get the things that you would like to have, but not and not have to tap into that credit because I know for myself. I financed, uh, in full transparency, when I was married, I, I financed a whole honeymoon on credit cards. It, it was a great time, but it was probably one of the most foolish decisions I ever made in terms of the finances and how I handled that. Right. Because at the time, I was a college student working hourly, and how do I give you know my new bride and I a, a nice uh, honeymoon? It, it was not credit a smart card, idea. baby. Yeah, <laughs> put it on the plastic, you know. Oh yeah, not a smart idea. Of course, now that was when I was in college, and back in, back when they would allow these credit card companies to do that. Now I think they've tightened up rules on that. They don't allow that so yeah. much. You right. get, it, but I did get some pretty cool free T-shirts and koozies out of it <laughs> from the credit card companies, along with that really high APR. So mm-hmm. I like those ideas, man. What All else? Right. Well, no, but that's a good idea. Let's one more thing along those lines. Speaking of vacation specifically, because. I think another segment of our world we live in today is we're so rushed and busy and going and going and going and going. You know, I just don't have time or the money to take a vacation. Look, and coming back to how can I afford it, you know, how could we go to San Antonio for a day? Well, here's a hotel, here's this, here's that. So you come up with a general idea of how much you might cost, and now let's back it up and say, okay, well, could I trim here? Could we trim here? You know? You right. can usually find a way if you really look at it hard enough. Yeah. But I think, too, like I say, coming back to some of those key things that you want to do every year on a regular basis, and earmark some monies for that. Yep. Because it keeps you out of the trouble of financing that you know credit card for the next nine years. Oh, paying, for, forget about know, it. A ton of extra. Paying for that credit card, that vacation, three times. Over yeah, the no, no. I'll, never, I'll never do that again. Yeah. Never. It's good to learn from those mistakes for sure. Well, and, and just to, you know, my own last two cents or maybe three, you know, in terms of the, the ways you can trim, you know, practical things that I think of is, you know, do I have to have that five-star hotel on the Riverwalk in mm-hmm. San Antonio or possibly somewhere out on the business loop somewhere, you know, you where go. maybe mm-hmm. it's, you know, maybe it's a Motel 6, but mm-hmm. it's in a decent enough part of town for maybe half the cost. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you're right. still getting a great hotel or a good hotel at least. You're getting a, a bed to sleep in at night mm-hmm. that maybe doesn't have the nicer amenities. But really and truly, how long you stay in there and do you really need the amenities that it comes with, right? So that's correct. You know, I'd rather spend that money at Taco Taco. You know, one of my yeah. one of my favorite little joints there in uh, San Antonio, and then go have a nice time walking the river walk or you know going somewhere else. Right, or, right. Another so, thing we've done in the past too many times. If you get a hotel slash condo or whatever you're doing that has some cooking facilities. You know, yeah, get your own it, food. Well, bring it out of your own refrigerator. Yep. You're going to be gone. It's going to be sitting there for the week anyway. Yep. So bring some food with you. Cook Absolutely. it, make sandwiches, chips, whatever you can do. But yep. there's ways to get around it and, and make it happen if you're just really creative and careful about it. Yep. So what else, man? What are, what are some other practical ideas when it comes to... Um, you know, how, how money works and, and how do we how can we use it more as a tool rather than being being at the mercy of money? Well, you know, I think there's there's you know, saving first is gonna be my number one answer to that question. Sure. The second thing, again, putting yourself in a mindset of let me save the money and spend it versus spending it on credit and paying it off over time. Now don't get me wrong, there are a great zero interest programs out there, you know, furniture stores and some credit cards for a period of time. If you can maximize that and you're disciplined at it, hey, no problems. Just be careful because the discipline is a key part of that. Yeah. But when it comes to how money works, I think looking at the big numbers kind of makes people wake up and say, whoa. Hmm. So let's take buying a car, for example. And I haven't done the math, but let's say you're buying a $25,000 car Financing that over the course of five, six, I think they'll even let you go like seven years. On occasion, yeah. It's just almost ridiculous. Oh, yeah. So what is that number of interest that you're going to be paying on that car? Right. You see? And looking at that number, okay, maybe even if it is a credit card, I mean, at 25, 27, 29% interest, look at how those numbers play out and see, okay, if I can just be disciplined to be patient and save my money for the next maybe two to three years then I can have myself in a position, you know, where I'm my own credit card company. Right. Okay? Right. So I take 2000 out to go on a vacation, and the next 12 months I'm paying myself back that $2,000 sure. over time. So I've created a fund to where I can work within. Same theory for cars. You know, so and there's a lot of different, you know, strategies and techniques. And now there are car companies that go zero interest for 60 months. I think taking care of your credit is critical there. Well, you, you won't gotta, get that program unless you have some really, you know, yeah. Above average credit in most cases. With with sure. quote exceptional credit. Yeah. They right. they might as well just call that perfect perfect and pristine mm-hmm. as right. the morning dew. I mean, it just <laughs> good luck. I mean So look at those numbers and kind of quantify that out for yourself. I remember the story I read this somewhere where the gentleman was wanting to take some money out of his retirement account to go buy a boat. He'd always wanted a nice boat, you know, take it on the river. You know, out in the ocean, water ski, fish, whatever. Well, when his financial planner sat down and talked to him about it, he said, sure, no problem. You have the money. You can do it. But as he sat down to look at the numbers, you know, so the boat was going to be about twenty grand. How much was the gas for that boat when yep. he took it out? Yeah. Okay. What were going to be the other expenses? Well, I'm going to have to buy food. You know, we're going to have to take this. We're going to have to do this. We're going to have to add this. We're going to park it somewhere. Where am I going to park it? Well, I'm going to put yep. it in the marina. There's another fee for the marina fee, the docking fee. So... When you start to look at all the expenses attached to an item, how does that... And as he did that, and he wrote it down and put it on paper and showed the numbers, he's like, no, I think I can just rent a boat once a year. Right, yeah. <laughs> and come up much more the, ahead 
Don't have to maintain it. Don't have to wash it. Don't have to take care of it. Don't have to, you know, change the yeah. oil and all these other things. Well, you call that cost of ownership. Correct. And, and that was something I learned when I was in the car business. Um, it's not just, you know, you're going to, you know, you might want that. It still blows me away that people are buying Escalades and Suburbans and these huge. I mean, here in Lafayette, it seems to be the SUV capital of the world. Pretty, pretty taut with you know. You're SUV. not, you're not, your gas budget is not going to be like a little four banger Hyundai if you're you're buying one of these big boom boom cars that that you're going to haul the whole soccer team plus equipment. You know, when you're in you know elite league or whatever they call it, it's your cost of ownership is going to be a lot larger. And so I don't, and I don't, I'm convinced that a lot of people don't insurance. I mean, a lot of people don't build that into a budget when they look at the things that they're going to buy, like a dog. Um, one of my good friends recently was con- was considering getting, and she has a, a smaller dog. She was also considering getting a second dog, a much larger dog. Well, I, I happen to know that the budget is already stretched, so I asked the hard question. Can you afford this? Because that dog's going to eat a buffet every night or every day. You're going to incur vet bills. You know, plus plus this dog's a puppy or so or younger dog. So you're going to incur shots and all that stuff. Is this really something you you can afford? And I think the the, the hard questions and facing the reality cause her to say, yeah, maybe not. Maybe this is not the right time. So not to discourage anybody because it's their life and their money. But I think sometimes we have to we have to write that reality check and cash it in. Mm-hmm. For us to really go, man, is this is this really the right thing? Can you count the cost? You know, what would I have? How can I afford it? Mm-hmm. What would I have to give up? But when we look at can I, how can I afford it, we also have to look at okay, there's only X amount of money in that budget in that pie. Mm-hmm. What do we have to give up, if anything? Where where would we have to trim back to maintain standard of living and support this decision? Correct. Oh, I agree with it wholeheartedly. And I guess that's you know it's again. Just paying attention, you know, being mindful that you have a budget. And um, here's another quick tip in here, strategy point, I think, is it's called a declining budget. And I learned this in the restaurant business. Okay. Basically, I use my uh, repair and maintenance budget. So we got, say, 1500 bucks a month to repair and maintain equipment inside the building, mm-hmm. right? So we started with 1500 bucks in the column. You know, if I had to spend 200 to fix this piece of equipment, 200 minus. Now we're down to 1300 you know, I had to spend another hundred on this. Had to get this maintained. That's one fifty. Boom, 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 boom. At some times, in some months, middle of the month, you've used up that budget. Well, now you're either waiting, or you're really looking hard to see. Okay, do I really have to get this piece fixed, maintained? Now, a little bit off topic, but in the restaurant business, if you go into a restaurant where you know things are a little off and not that great, you kind of wonder, man, are they really taking care of the back? Because you know. Microwave went out. Well, we're going to fix that the first of next month. Yeah. Well, in two or three weeks, you've got, well, you know what? We can make it without that microwave. Yeah. And over time, it begins to happen with other pieces of equipment. You might be working with half your equipment in the restaurant, and then you kind of wait, hold on a minute. You get used to it, but the people on the other side of the counter are the ones that are really getting affected, and they are the ones that's really making an impact. Sure. So it's just little things like that. But so you got to be mindful of it. But I use it now for my groceries, you know. Say it's 500 bucks a month we're going to spend. Well, you know, I spent 100 bucks here, 50 here, $100 yeah. there. How much I got left for the rest of the month. Sure. You know, so you're always looking at those numbers. I do it for my personal expenses. You know, I give myself so many dollars every month. And I manage those. And I take it out in cash, actually. Keep that in my pocket, which is another good strategy. Well, if I run out of money before the next time I, get, I pay myself, then I just figure it out. So be it. Know? bring water and sandwiches from home or whatever it might be but 
I figured yeah. that part out. And you can do that in all areas of your life. And I will last last little strategy here. Cash. It is so much more thoughtful from my personal perspective when I've got to break a twenty dollar bill. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm going to think about it before. Do I want to break that twenty? Well, maybe I can. You know, whatever. So I, it's a little more strategy behind it. When we swipe a card, you don't even think about much it. Don't even think about it. Doesn't even yep. matter. You know, and that's and hey, society has done it to us. Credit card companies have fed us that line, and we're buying it hook, line, and sinker. Oh, ridiculous! You know, mm-hmm. discover. You know, it's everywhere you want to be. <laughs> you know, <coughs> that's so. But it's so true, and, and you're right. And I've done that. I found myself <coughs> doing that before, and and maybe some of our listeners can. You know, I used to get, I used to get teased by a couple by a couple of friends of mine who just insisted that you just you don't carry cash at all. And when I would carry cash, well, you're carrying cash. It just makes you look weak. No, it doesn't because it's going to make me think twice about whether or not I'm going to buy this thing and break it. Because then all of a sudden I got to carry these ones and all this other stuff. But it also, but it's also immediately obvious that I have less money in my wallet in my pocket because. And you can certainly use this on a weekly spending budget. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're in a, say an outside sales role like we are, you know we're on the road a lot, so it's a little more problematic or challenging at least to prep food and to take it along with you. You you can of course do that and put it in a uh, an insulated bag, um, but you could also say if if you're in a position where you can afford. Um, you know, meals in a week. Maybe you give yourself ten dollars a day, mm-hmm. and you get your you go to your your bank because you're not going to get it in most ATMs ten dollar bills. <laughs> but you take that fifty bucks and you break it out into, into five ten dollar bills. You put that ten dollar bill in your wallet every day. Mm-hmm. And that's your that's your meal expenses for the day. You know, if you use if you use five dollars in the morning for breakfast, you only got five bucks for lunch. If you stop at the gas station for a little Debbie and a Monster, you're you're out you're out of <laughs> Not that I would know about that, but you're out of luck. <laughs> That's why I look like I do. You're out for the rest of the you, day. You are right? out for the rest of the day. But the cool thing about that is, you know, you, you're not. You, you have to have the discipline, as you said, to not swipe that card. But the cool thing about that is, you know, you're not going to dig into that next ten dollars because it's at, it's sitting maybe on your dresser mm-hmm. at home. So you're going to be able to force yourself. To live mm-hmm. within that budget, and I think over a period of time, and, they, and most folks uh, in the psychology world will tell you, it's a matter of habit. Twenty-eight days to break or form a new habit. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're disciplined enough and you, you keep doing that, it just becomes more of a um, uh, a welcome restriction, if you will. Absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah. that, and, and learn how to learn how to play within the <coughs> boundaries, which is, of course, your your budget or what as you refer to it as a much better spending plan right so yeah another strategy along those lines speaking back to credit cards and again i don't want people to think we're i'm bashing a credit card not at all credit cards are great and they're a good tool to be used just like money is a tool i think good emergency spending plan and money is a tool you know because money does create freedom for us in our lives yes pretty much everybody on the face of the planet is probably looking for freedom Sure. And probably a solid level of security. I think that might be on uh, the foundation on uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is security and freedom in that when I have it, when I'm in control of it, I feel better and more confident, probably higher self-esteem about myself. Yes. So let's also take that credit card that you may have, put it at home, stick it in the sock drawer way in the back or something. To where you don't have it with you at every point That's in time right. for you to pull up and go, well, I'm going to stop by here and take, I'm just going to look in the store for some, you know, 
my my one of my weaknesses is Under Armour. So I'm gonna go in Under Armour. Yeah, like so you're wearing right now. Sure. <clears throat> well, I do. You know, I'm, I'm I'm representing without a doubt. Oh no, you are representing. You're one of their favorite clients. And I'll go in there and just I'm just gonna look. You know, and your clearance rack. Man, this is half off. It's only twenty dollars for a nice polo shirt. With that credit card in my pocket, I'm probably much more likely to say, "Well, while I'm here, let me go ahead and get it." Sure. You know, and then maybe I'm two hundred dollars into it before I leave, kind of a deal. So you got to be mindful of that and create create roadblocks in your life and in your financial situation to where you don't get into that trouble. Yeah. the uh, The other flip side to that, though, is is you can use a credit card for expenses like at the gas the gas station or things like that but within your budget you know you're you're not going to get really hit with that interest unless you're take you're dragging your feet on paying it back if you can get that paid off on that next statement within that 30 days that's right it's negligible that's right so or probably no interest or maybe no so what you need to do is make sure that if you're going to use that credit card, it, the, whatever you're spending that on is part of your spending plan so that when you get that statement in the mail every month, you can write that check every month uh, and then get that paid off and pay it down. And I know people right. do that because a lot of credit cards do have incentives for airline miles and some things. And that's mm-hmm. why they do that because for what, what they spend, there, there's, a, there's a financial incentive there. But the big difference there is that they have the discipline to make it fit within their plan and then they, they pay that off 100% every single month. So there are two sides to be able to look at that, but it all boils down to discipline. But I do like your approach mm-hmm. because it's just, you, if, if, you, if you have it, you use it for not for day-to-day operational expenses, again, unless you have the ability to pay that off every month, but you mm-hmm. have it for an emergency just in case something happens. Mm-hmm. So that's good. So give us, as we start to wrap up, Wolf, what are, give us one or two two ways in which we can start implementing this today and out and for our listeners grab your learning journal and take yourself a couple of good notes here where can we start to improve today give us two different ideas on that first one i'm going to tell you is grab a small notebook use your learning journal if you want but just a small notebook to keep with you all throughout the day and or keep a receipt for every single thing you spend throughout the day and look at that every week because the other thing I know is we spend money that we don't realize we're spending. Mm-hmm. So if we took a good hard look at what our true expenses are, we might be shocked to see, whoa, I am spending a little outside of my means here. I need to trim this back. Just from the standpoint, everything becomes so automatic. Swiping credit cards, you know, these kind of things. I mean, even when using cash, you know, you'll get on the habit. You're dropping $20 bills here and there, and all of a sudden they're That's all gone. It. So yeah. Tracking what you're spending to get a good evaluation of what is going out the door, okay? Also, too, in today's world we live in, I mean, you've got a two ninety nine dollars subscription for, what, um, Apple storage. you got another $0.99 cent a month uh, fee for Google Drive storage. Your, your Netflix account, Netflix, all that stuff. Yeah. you know, Hulu, all these little fees. Take a look at all that and just see what's out there. Yeah. What am I spending and where is it going? To kind of see now you can take and evaluate. I know I've done that several times over my life, and I know at one point I remember this one vividly. It was almost sixty-five dollars a month, and all those little fees adding up. I'm like, whoa, seven, wait over seven hundred bucks a year. <clears throat> That's right. There's your there's part of your vacation fund or exactly. your Christmas fund right there. That's you right. You could make it. You could get Julia a nice little necklace or something, or a Absolutely. ring, or take her on a little trip, a little mm-hmm. weekend trip. Yeah, she didn't. You just that stop too. watching Netflix and mm-hmm. your Apple stuff. You obsessed. <laughs> correct, correct. Well, I mean, I'm not saying you have to cut it all out, but evaluate it. Evaluate you know, it. What am I actually yep. using? 
So if you're using it and you're getting a joy or a piece out of it, great. But if you're not, Cut get it out. rid of it because so many times it just drags on and we just we forgot about it at this point. Right. Good stuff, man. Second One more. thing I would tell you is, hmm, wow. Find a way to create your own savings plan. Yes. To where you can plan to save some money. I think that would be the first step. You know, again, look at those expenses to where, okay, how can I find this extra, you know, yep. 10% of my monies to, to be saving? Because many times, uh, what David Bach calls it the latte factor. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. coffee every day at Starbucks, five bucks anywhere a day. from 5 to $7, depending sure. on what you're getting. So do the math over 30 days, $7, 30 days, what's that, $210 a month? So I'm gonna I'm gonna wow. play devil's advocate. So what if I don't have ten percent? What if I what if I can only afford one percent or two percent? Should I save that at least? I believe you should. Yes. Start where you can start. Absolutely. And people, well, one percent, that's not but you know, fifty bucks a month. Hey. hey it's a starting <laughs> point. Yes. And here's the other strategy along this, and this kind of comes back to the mental side and the personal development side. If you say I'm gonna save, <clears throat> just say it's a dollar a day for goodness sakes. When you do that for 30 days consistently, you're going to say to yourself, I did it. You did it. Man, I'm building my confidence, my self-esteem, and I'm doing what I said I'm going to do. I yep. think many times in life we beat ourselves up because I'm going to do this next week, and we don't. I'm going to do this, and we don't. And those little chisels into our character, into our self-esteem, begin to make things start to crumble. So at some yeah. point in the future, we got to say, oh, and then you start feeling horrible. Now yep. you're depressed, blah, blah, blah. Take the little steps, yep. the little micro steps, if you will, to get moving in the right direction. And I will say this as we wrap up from personal experience. It's a really good feeling to open your little bank app if you have one. And to see a little pool of money in your savings account. Amen. And and, and to be able to, and I'll tell you what makes it super easy, it, it, it could work against you, but, um, you know, having linked accounts, you know, you got your savings, your checking, so you can take take about, tw you know, 10, 20 bucks out of a paycheck. If nothing else, 10 bucks out of it, you're, go you're going to spend 10 bucks out of a paycheck without batting an eyelash. That's it's right. going to happen. Well, instead of blowing 10 bucks on something, on some nonsense, a bunch of monsters or, you know, Red Bulls or coffees, you know, Drop ten bucks and you'll slide it over into your savings account. You won't touch that money, mm -hmm. and it and you what you're doing is you're, you're starting to build your future and, and to build that security that you talked about. That's right. And and again, it's going to mess with your brain enough where it's going to give you those feel good, those endorphins are going to hit because you're seeing that and you're going to be able to tell yourself confidently, I'm creating that financial security that's going to help insulate me uh, to some degree against the unknown or allow me to be able to do something really nice at some point, maybe when I hit a certain benchmark. So Absolutely, yeah. Really think, good stuff there yeah. today, man. Um, I think those are the two biggest ones I would say. I mean, yeah. we could probably sit here and talk and really dig deeper into strategies. And, and I am developing a money management system, a money training to kind of give a cool. little more deeper detail, deeper dive on these kind of things to where we can really start to control our monies better and help ourselves to, to work toward a good goal. You know, some as we say, you have to earn money. You have to spend money and then you have to invest money. Yeah. So you have to figure out how that all works and you have to be diligent about it. Absolutely. Good stuff. And so hopefully you took some notes on that. 
and a great good conversation uh, for this episode. If you would down in, down at the bottom, please make sure you leave us a review and uh, help us with our, our ratings. And certainly any other topics you want to see in the future, we're going to be starting some, some uh, interviews in the near term. Uh, let us know what you would like to learn more about. There are so many wonderful people in our circle that we know of that covers a whole lot of topics. So we want to know what's important to you. So please leave those comments below. Make sure you rate us on wherever you get your podcast. And we really appreciate you. And we'll be catching you next week. So for The Wolf, this is The Captain. And you guys have a great night. Peace out.